Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Og Galbert er en podcast. What is it now, Karen? Episode 13. Welcome back to the What Is It Now, Karen podcast. Um, if you're new here, my name's Beth and my friend Joe and I chat about what's happening in the news and social media and just have a laugh about what the Karens have got to say about it. We shine a light on Karen culture, um, which is just a bit of fun. This week, however, we have a very exciting guest. Our very talented and very good friend Chloe Beard is joining us. Now, Chloe, among many other things, is a very talented designer and is actually the brains behind the podcast logo um, and all the cool artwork you see on Instagram. Arguably the best thing and definitely most professional thing about our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Um, so yeah, we have our first guest on Wink and we have to have Chloe on. Welcome Chloe. Woo! How are you? Yeah, good. Good. A little bit, um, I don't know, disheartened. Yeah. After our announcement, but like, didn't expect anything else to be honest. But when, <laughs> when someone actually says it, it's just a little yeah. bit more. Like, uh. I think that's everyone's feelings right now. Like, the lockdown, we knew that it was going to go on for a bit longer, but it's just hearing it out loud is. Ugh. I think it's like as cautious, don't it? Like, I think, yeah. I think. Boris Johnson has, has gone too far the other way and like promised all these things to people that, that I don't think will happen. I think at least this way you know, temper people's expectations. And it is disheartening, as you say, but I would rather have a like a like a slower journey out of it and not be disappointed than like be aiming to be like back in a club by like June and then it doesn't happen and then I'm devastated. You know. I like love all the memes of like everyone like lying out clothes on like June twentieth, like, <laughs> like lying out on their bed. That's my like favorite because that's exactly if I lived in England and this was actually going to happen. That's what I would be doing. Like, mm. you'd have you'd have some killer outfits lined up though, given your your fashion. Um, I've actually had to stop myself because I was still shopping during lockdown, and then like we kept getting put into some sort of 
restricted state so then I was like right you need to stop because you've got too many like killer looks that <laughs> like I'm not seeing the light of day and all dressed <laughs> up nowhere to go literally all the gear and the idea like I was literally <laughs> I was like this is it stop stop buying so much clothes but I might if we see some like good things happening again also all I've done is eat so now I'm worried that all those good clothes are not going to fit I'm like <laughs> <laughs> too scared to try anything on that I've like bought in the past year but well, I'm excited to get back to some sort of normality even if it isn't clubs just maybe going for lunch to what it sounds no I just want to go around to someone's house for a cup of tea like I have very minimum oh. like <laughs> low expectations yeah. talking about clothes yeah. I put jeans on the other day and it was like I felt like I was getting dressed up and I had makeup on and I looked in the mirror and I thought, I didn't recognise myself. <laughs> I yeah. put makeup on this morning and literally was like, and I would also like to point out that for the listeners, I am wearing a clip-in ponytail. So that also gave a bit of the illusion today. Weave! Some length. So yeah, I just thought, you know. You got to do little things to make yourself feel a bit better. Part yourself up for this announcement as if something was going to be good. And then it's like just sitting with all this slap on and a clip in ponytail listening to not some nice news. Yeah. So um Chloe, are you are you familiar with the podcast? Very familiar. Someone to me too. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you did do the artwork, so you didn't know the score. But I'd like to say right now, I haven't listened to the most recent one that you uploaded. I will out myself right now, just in case you're like, do a pop quiz, and then I'll be like... <laughs> yeah, name our five top episodes, Chloe. <laughs> oh, you're such a fan. <laughs> Episode one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> what does Joseph say in minute 13 of podcasting? <laughs> So um, we we would normally get like submissions on the, on the podcast um, relating to like whatever topic we're speaking about. Um, so last week we last week we spoke about kind of overly aggressive people at sports. So we we spoke about the, the courtside Karen, and then that led us on to other discussions. And we were talking about like junior boys football and the kind of weird competitive and aggressive nature of the parents. <laughs> um, I think I think Bethany was telling us that. You know, one of the parents at our brother's game called called like a ten year old boy a dirty wee rat and all this kind of thing. Oh my god! Um, so you can go and listen to that episode. But uh, I, I did I did get a, a couple of submissions from people talking about boys football. Um, one of them was saying um, there was a team in our league that that was notoriously dirty, and I remember their coach, who was the captain's dad, screaming to one of their players to half him in two. <laughs> Oh my god! This is like twelve-year-old boys, um, and it, the, the, that coach was a was a police officer as well. Nice. Um, and there was another one where they were playing kind of like nine-a-side boys football in the freezing cold middle of winter, and the goalkeeper collapsed and had to be taken to hospital at halftime with suspected mild hypothermia. <laughs> Oh my god! No, that's not that's not a like aggression, but I mean that's like come on. 
surely it can't be that just call the game off it can't it can't be that serious well no when I used to be I mean not the same level because it's an individual sport but when I was a competitive swimmer I remember we turned up to do training and the heating had broke so the pool was absolutely freezing and they made us like go in and do it anyway and like my lips were blue like my skin was not the right color literally all of us had to go home early and I was like off swimming for a week with a flu because I was so ill after it so see when it comes to sport it's almost like that attitude of like if you don't want to do it then you're a loser like you just have to go out and like Mm -hmm. you're not a good like competitive sportsman if you don't want to like give yourself hypothermia there has to come to a point though where it's like right we're not training for the olympics here it's like 12 year old cut us some slack here like come on (laughs) actually like parents they don't realize that like the kids know themselves that they're not going anywhere like i knew that it, it was like it was never in the cards for me, but definitely other people's parents would always be like yeah. really, really aggressive. It's quite it's really sad, I think. Like we spoke about it last week. It's just these kind of really like sad old men usually that are like living vicariously through their younger, fitter like children and it's a bit yeah, sad. But like that the, the, the adults the adults don't need to be like the the moderators, do you know what I mean? Like they should <laughs> You shouldn't be getting involved in like playground taunts. I mean, you're 30, 40 years old, like get a grip. Is it, um, is it Karen of the week time? Yeah. I've waited so long for this moment. It's Karen, it's Karen of the week time. Joseph made me take that bit out, it's so sad. Yeah, I don't like it. So, um, obviously we know that it's really important to wear a mask and things, distance and all that jazz. So um, I think there's been a lot of debate on and off about whether, you know, they should be compulsory, especially when you're in a place like a supermarket. So there was a, a tweet from a, an account called Big Brother Watch. I'm not sure what that account is. It's got a tick, so it must be some kind of, I don't know, organisation. And they have they put up a wee video of a uh, Morrison's workers, you know, supposedly harassing um, a shopper um, because they weren't wearing a mask. And they've said a supermarket is forcing those exempt from wearing masks, primarily disabled people, to wear yellow stickers. After this man politely refused, shop staff called the police and recorded him. Morrison's, will you apologise and stop this discrimination? Um, disabled people should not be harassed, asked to show their papers or forced to wear a sticker. We recently joined other organisations to warn about discrimination against disabled people around the mask crackdown. So, a lot of furore about that, um, certainly in the replies, which I'm sure we'll get on to. My my (laughs) favourite, I don't know if favourite is the right word, but I was absolutely stunned by one reply in particular, and it was a common theme. Somebody had replied with an image attached, and they said, here's a cloth version of your sticker, Morrison's. Amazed you're not selling them. And it was a photo of a yellow Star of David um, with the words no vax embroidered on it. So I think that's obviously, you know, heavily hinting to the yellow stars that the Nazis made Jewish people wear during... Um, the Holocaust and World War Two. I just thought that was so, like, ridiculously out of proportion. 
a reach. It was a reach. A reach. <laughs> a reach. Um, there were a lot of replies like that, like, oh, they shouldn't, we've reached the yellow badges stages of tyranny, and oh, they should have thought about the colour, blah, blah, blah. I was like, guys, it's Morrison's. Their whole thing is, is yellow. Like, their branding is yellow. That's why it's yellow stickers. If we're going to talk about personal branding, but what I will say is, do we think that disabled people need to have a sticker on? No. No, I don't think they need to have a sticker on. I, but I think where the shop was coming from was that, like, if you put a sticker on, nobody's going to come up and harass you to be like, put a mask on because we know that you're exempt. Do you know what I mean? I think that was the thinking around it, surely. But I don't but it's think the- it's anyone's place to police people on mask or mask exemption. To me, it was like, like classic. I don't know if I should like out myself right now on the podcast that I am a disabled woman, just so that mm-hmm. they know that I've got context here. But this is like something that disabled people experience all the time, where you have to like prove to people that you are disabled or you are in fact entitled to whatever, be that pip, be that to go to the supermarket. So for me, when I read it, I was like, it's actually nobody's business why I've got a mask on or not. And I don't need to prove to anyone by wearing a Morrison sticker that <laughs> 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 I don't need to wear a mask. Like, and I know that there's people that take the piss. Like, I know that not everybody is. Some people are doing it because they just want it to be difficult. But I'd like to think the majority of people that aren't wearing a mask are people that genuinely have reason not to. For me, it was just very. I don't know. I don't want to use the word triggering, but it is very like. Yet again, disabled people are like, no, please listen to me. Mm. I, I'm exempt. I like, it's like, it's actually nobody's business whether or not, and you shouldn't be phoning the police on disabled folk because they don't want to <laughs> wear a mask. If they don't, if they've got a reason not to, then. No, exactly. I think it, to me, it was just an, such an extreme reaction. Like, but and I feel like masks, the whole mask thing does that to people. It's like, it's, Seven yeah, years. I don't think, you know, being, told to wear a mask is like an infringement against my civil liberties but oh, I don't know it just feels like a very it's a very inflammatory topic but I don't agree with making people wear I actually am on on side with this kind of it is very yellow star of David being forced to wear and it's not the fact that it's the color yellow it's the fact that there's like a I don't know really like sun yard lanyards sun Sunflower lanyards. I don't think they're necessary either. You mean perhaps? Oh, that's oh, girl. So, ah, there's no reason why I can't wear a mask, but I do have one of these, and it's one for please give me space. It says on it, but it's just more like again, I got one, and then I thought about it, and I was like, Do you know what? Actually, you should just be giving me space because I'm another yeah. human being. It shouldn't be because I'm particularly disabled or whatever. But mm. I do agree that it is very, like, once you start putting stickers on people, it's very like us and them, which I think has been a common theme throughout the whole pandemic with either disabled people or vulnerable people. It's very like the fit and healthy, and then everybody else is holding us back. But that's not disabled people's fault. That's the language that gets used around the situation. I remember at the beginning, it was like, 
it only affects the vulnerable and that word only mm-hmm. because this is like lies it's lies <laughs> yeah and even right. if it did only affect the vulnerable then are those vulnerable people's lives worth less than non-vulnerable people am i am i not worth that or something because trust me i'm but <laughs> <laughs> it's not the only reason for staying indoors like the nhs how would they cope if we all just were like ah it's fine leave the disabled ones indoors like how are they going <laughs> I'd like to find out who they're doing. It's like, this is a real bugbear for me, honest to God. A lot of justification around, um, you know, I see it a lot on social media, like for lifting lockdown, it's like, well, it's, you know, it's more severe in people who are elderly, it's more severe in people who are immunosuppressed, la la la, so why don't they just isolate and the rest of us can get on with life as normal? I'm like, well, that's not, you know, it's not exactly a kind of all in this together spirit, is it? And also that, as you say, it does make it, it puts that, it categorises people into like, you know, quote unquote, the healthy and the unhealthy. Like if they get it, it's going to be worse for them. I'll get it. It'll be like a bad cold. These people are dispensable. You know, that that's the kind of vibe that it creates and it's just not on. I think there's an assumption that people who are elderly and in the vulnerable category, are, but a lot of people, you know, are out they're working in hospitals, they're teachers in schools, they're leading relatively normal lives, whatever that is. But I think there's this assumption that they're kind of we lost souls anyway. Like Yeah, yeah. Aha, uh-huh, like there's you know, they've got no they've got no quality of life. But I think that does like sort of stem from like generations of portrayal of disabled people throughout media at like before, uh, do you know, the only reason I know that I am disabled is because I had to Google it because I wasn't 100% sure because there's just no enough chat about it. I was literally like, wait, am I? And it was like, mm. well, I'm, right? But I think the like the idea of a disabled person is this like maybe somebody in a wheelchair or I like you say this poor wee soul that's like bedridden, but then you don't think of the other. Like there's so much varying. Yeah like different levels of disability that's just not I actually saw a really good documentary on it and it was um a girl it was in the BBC can't remember the name it but the other broadcasters are are available available. (laughs) but she was a children's presenter and she had um like half an arm oh Um, yeah she's on CBeebies yeah my sister's so much and uh, she kind of looked into the history of disabled people and it's actually wild like I had no idea like I think for me it was always like I would compare it like see even the things that like Winston Churchill was doing to disabled people you would be like well I already know he's a bad guy but other people would not realize he's also a bad guy he is like, he's not a friend of the show <laughs> no. yeah it was like absolutely wild even up until like the 90s the treatment of disabled people in the uk it's like a story that and today still it's see that pip that is the hardest i've ever had to work in my life to get pip i cannot even explain to people how dehumanizing that experience is for a disabled person it is i can't even see it it's so like but I'm sure you're with um, the yellow sticker and Morrison's. Um, that does that not make it all worthwhile and all? <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Yeah. So 
Dave's and Karen's don't harass me as I'm walking up getting my fruit and veg. Thank God. Thank God. So if I if I could play devil's advocate for a hot minute, um, just to just to stoke the conversation, guys. I'm not. I'm not. uh, We know that I don't like Morrison's. Okay, we've already been over this in another episode. Morrison's to me is, you know, the worst shopping experience you could ever ask for. It's like purgatory on earth. It's a terrible place to be. The question is, do you like disabled rights or no? Well, of course I do. Okay, carry on then with your devil's ad. <laughs> <laughs> so, to to, to um, be controversial, do, um, do you think it's coming from a good place? Do you think they're maybe trying to protect everybody in the shop, including people with disabilities um, and other things that make them more susceptible? Are they trying to kind of... It's never, you know as Joe Frost would say, not acceptable to ask people to prove to prove that they're ill or prove that they're, they've got a disability. I really don't agree with that at all, but are they trying to, like, root out the people who are, you know, quite frankly taking the piss or, like, taking advantage and, like, just don't want to wear a mask because they don't want to by, like, saying, well, where's your proof? And then, obviously, that's got the unintended, like, side effect of, like, forcing disabled people again into the old trope of like well prove it like how disabled are you how ill are you all that kind of stuff do you think it comes from a good place or do you think it's just short-sighted ignorance i think it's uneducation i think there's not enough about the experience of a disabled person like in the uk and i think they think they're doing a good thing but like to quote a Karen, like, why should we have to change what we are doing for the rest? It to me, it's just like it just triggers like so much in a disabled person having to prove yet again that we are ill or we have we qualify to walk about the supermarket with a mask on. Like, and don't get me wrong, I love a mask. I'm reading this now: double a mask, triple a mask. I'll put as many on as you want. But, that, I feel like you would, you really would kind of like have like a mask like moment. Do you know what I mean? Like a really nice mask. Masks and um, masks are a friend of the podcast. So <laughs> we stand masks. We stand masks. No, I saw some really nice masks and they had like they were like pink and then they had these like drip like I don't know beads dripping from them and I was like, oh, that could be a look like for yeah or something. But hopefully by my birthday. I might not need to wear. Well, we probably will. I don't know where I'm getting mm. this. Facts. But. See, for me, it's like they've created a problem that wasn't there because there was already... So whether it was well-intentioned or not, there was already the um, sunflower lanyard, which is quite a recognised thing now, I think. And that's, a, you know, you could choose to wear that or you could choose to not. So that's already... Why are you then having to do a, a yellow sticker? You know, I don't understand why that's net when there is already the exemption card that you can get the sunflower mm-hmm. with the sunflower on it i think and it maybe comes from a place of like i think there's maybe been some i don't know i, I don't know the ins and outs of legislation i'm not a not a lawyer I ain't a lawyer um <laughs> but it's like i think maybe there's been an onus put on supermarkets and shops and things to kind of enforce this semi-law semi like is it a law is it just a rule like 
what is it? So I think mm-hmm. they don't want to then be seen to not uphold government instruction, but by uh, you know at the same time, like company policy of Morrison's doesn't like overrule your civil liberties. But then <laughs> again, like- I am also like I hate that argument of like if people aren't about being like. I'm not wearing a mask. It's against my civil liberties. I'm like, well, just don't be Get a, a grip. <laughs> don't be a just wear Grow a mask. Up. <laughs> exactly. But I think in this situation where you're like making, you know, all, an already vulnerable category, you know, either physically or, you know, psychologically, like go through the rigmarole of proving themselves worthy or unworthy of their rules. And that's just like, not a, not a good I, road to start down. Yeah, I even think, you know, even if you're just um, an anti-masker or whatever and you don't want to wear a mask, as much as I don't agree with that stance, I just still think you're kind of entering tricky territory when you're starting to kind of police people to wear masks and asking them to prove, you know, whether they can or can't wear them. I just think it's makes me feel a bit uneasy. And how can you prove it? This is what I want to Yeah. Ask. Because you can or you can order like the sunflower lanyard online, and I could just go into Morrison's like I forgot my mask. Oh yeah, I'll wear the yellow sticker. So it it just seems all a bit pointless. pointless. Generally, I find supermarkets quite a stressful place to be at the moment. Anyway, like I find it quite claustrophobic. I find it you know. I'm very conscious of trying to keep a distance from people. I do find myself getting very pissed off at people that come way too close to me. Um, I, I find myself thinking, well, I am visibly making an effort to like not come that close to you. Why are you up in my grill? Do you know what and I mean? And I want this to carry on after this. <laughs> if I don't know you, don't come near me. Like, <laughs> back away from me. Like, this is the one good thing that's came out of lockdown. I've actually taken to, like, whenever I'm in Lidl, number one supermarket by the way um like standing with my like in the queue for the for the checkout i'll stand with my basket you know like the trolley baskets <laughs> i'll stand with it behind me like at full straight stretch so that nobody can come within two meters of me and i'll be two meters behind the, the person in front of me i haven't been in a supermarket and for ages and the last time i was in one i was just traumatized i've not been back this woman, so it was in a queue against, came and stood directly behind me. She wasn't wearing a mask. But you got to say she never that. Had a, she never had a yellow sticker on, so I didn't know if she was exempt or not. <laughs> but she was breathing so heavily. I could feel her breath on the back of my neck. Oh, God. And I'm sort of sitting there and I'm like, I'm angry, I'm nervous, like I'm emotional. Because I can feel her breathing like on my neck. And I'm like, I need to say something. I need to get out here. Like, but I was like frozen. I wanted to unleash my inner Karen and be like, two meters. But I just was like frozen. And thankfully I was then like called to the, the checkout. But I think I was really, really close to unleashing like a full on Karen and like, two meters. But you would have been like, you would have been within your rights. Like asking her to stand to meters back is like a compromise between her not wearing a mask and, and you having your own personal space, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the not wearing a mask thing was just the, that I could then feel her breathing on my neck. She was that close. <laughs> I, I, must, I must admit, I do find myself getting like, I do like catch myself giving people dirt, dirty looks on my masks, but I do need to remember that sometimes 
I was in St Andrews during the summer when you were allowed to travel, right? I, I've no travelled recently. <laughs> Are you sure? I swear. <laughs> Exposed. <laughs> Breaking. No, um, and, and two girls were in front of me. They got out of this car and they were like chatting the whole way up about how they were going to like a pal's house and everything like that. They was like in the queue for Janetta's ice cream. They got to the front of the queue and the guy was like, oh, you need to put a mask on. And she was like, oh, we've got asthma. And I won't lie. I was like, hmm. but do you? what's the chances that the two use a both <laughs> asthma, right? But maybe they did. And I, I had know. to check my own yeah. like, internal ableism, even though I know. But I, I think it's all like always just aid on the side of caution i think the pandemic bring, brings out the worst in everyone and mm-hmm. that you know we're all fed up we're all scunnered so if you're seeing someone maybe without a mask you're kind of thinking oh it's, you know it's maybe a natural reaction because it is kind of um you know we're told how masks kind of stop the spread and things like that but yeah i think if we're just a little bit rather than assuming the worst mm-hmm. i think even just for yourself as well because it, it's not good for you Assuming the worst in everyone. <laughs> no, my, my blood pressure would thank me if I just... Yeah, if you just chilled it a bit more. Stay in the own lane, as they say, and just worried <laughs> yeah. about what I'm doing. I think that's exactly it. Worrying about what you're doing and you're trying your best to, you know, protect yourself and protect others, then I think, you know, there's a lot of curtain twitching going on. I think everyone just <laughs> needs to, yeah, stay in their own lane and mind their own business. <laughs> I was going to ask um, ask our guest to rank her favourite supermarkets now that we're talking about Morrison's because we did that last time. Okay. Um, Morrison's obviously might rank quite poorly this week given yeah, I, the news. I feel, but... I, am I going to get cancelled now? Because I think Morrison's was like number five on my list because of the salad bar. Yeah, mm. it was. So you've got a lot to answer for, Bethany. And I said the salad bar pre-pandemic. I wouldn't go to a salad bar in the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> No, I like was agreeing with you in that episode because I used to get the like pasta salad bar thing as well, and I loved yeah. it. But now, like the disabled woman in me doesn't want to put them as high up. So, like, what's the best? Like, is one the best and five's the worst, or the other way? Yeah, just like well, it doesn't even have to be like your top five. It just like I think one number one would be you like your all time fave, and you can like rank them down. I don't even think I ranked Morrison's because it's so. Oh. Excuse me. <laughs> been a long time since I've been like at a variety of supermarkets and the last time it was Swedish supermarkets and they are top tier but for UK it would be number one Lidl. Yes! Maybe because I'm a Colside girl and we have a Lidl there but yeah I'm not, not close to Lidl so I feel like I can't you know it's I can't great. have it on my top. I would be lying to myself and you guys, so. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about Lidl is the, like, see when they do their version of a famous brand, so it's like close but no cigar, that's my, like, favorite thing about Lidl. Because it really, their lawyers must be amazing because it is so close to branding. Like, everything is, like, basically the same. So their lawyers, they are the real stars here. 
<laughs> I um, I actually did get my Christmas dinner at a little this year. So and? there. Lovely. Beautiful. Did you get the range to go to do mm-hmm. the range? Beautiful. And then I guess number two, with fear of sounding a bit Tory-esque, M&S. Thank you. That was you my, said- I think, uh, M&S is the bollocks. <laughs> do you know what yous are, you two? Yous are class traitors. That's what yous are, shop with m Champagne no. socialists, I think is Champagne the Champagne socialists, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Literally, because Bethany one week was sitting drinking bloody pink prosecco. Oh, it's two for a tenner in M and S. Literally, at champagne. I just want to say that for Lent this this year, I've been vegan, and their vegan range is great. Yeah. So I think I'm like gravitating even more to M and S, and then I think that Tesco and Asda. Are <laughs> so yeah, that would be my little and M and S, and if you're in Sweden, it should be an Ica. Or a coop, which looks very much like a co-op, a but co-op. they coop. Well, while we've got you on the podcast, Claire, I wanted to get hear your take on this. It was an ar- article I read. I'm sure it was the Guardian, but I can't find it now. And it was just talking about like the portrayal of disabled people on like telly and film. And how basically the gist of it was that a lot of disabled characters, their storyline is their disability. They don't have much kind of depth. You know, they aren't a character and they have a disability. You know, they are a character with a disability and it's either the storyline of that film or whatever. But one thing that really kind of interested me was that they were saying, you know, because there's a lot of chat just now about you know, do disabled actors play disabled characters? Do gay, gay characters play? Do gay actors play gay ca- characters? That sort of thing. And um, what this article was saying is that it's not. Well, that what this author said was that it wasn't that important. What's more important is that the story is accurate, and that so just because you have a disabled actor, but you know you might not have any disabled writers or producers or any kind of involvement on that side of things so just because you have a disabled actor you know their portrayal could still be totally wrong because the storyline or you know the way it's edited or produced it's not got that same you know it's it's still not if you know what I mean yeah kind of like agree with that like I think there's no point if you're going to get say a disabled actor in who hasn't got a chance to speak about the role but if you had even it doesn't have to be like just a solely disabled team of writers but even if you just had one on the team who could because I agree with that sentiment that a lot of the time in film or tv when a character's disabled that's it that's their whole life or they're either sad and disabled or scary there is like no one between like mm-hmm. all that that is it right scary space yeah i am scary space but like or their story is them like overcoming some you know but their story yeah. is them overcoming their disability it's not a lot of them is like the able-bodied savior story so yeah. like uh there was one out a few years ago i can't mind what it was called but it was a guy who was in a wheelchair and then half of Game of Thrones was his like nanny and they fell in love, right? And mm-hmm. it was like 
that was like the whole story about how she managed to fall in love with him just because he was in a wheelchair and I was like are you joking like it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be that like oh my god round of applause I was like what that has got nothing to do with it he is like a person like that actor was not disabled but the character has this whole other life and is separate from the wheelchair but I like I completely agree with that article that it's never shown and I think even in life like when a disabled person becomes disabled that does sort of like consume who they are it's always for example when I meet anybody the first thing they always ask me is how you keep them hen and I know it's in a good place or like how's the joints but sometimes it's like I don't want to talk about that today that's not mm-hmm. I, like every day I wake up in some sort of pain and it's not just all I want to talk about all day is this I've got a separate life from arthritis or whatever disability it may be so I think it would help to have people behind the scenes who can help like I know they have things like um I don't know what they're called like diversity writers yeah or there's even kind of like you know they can consult with like different like charities or teams and stuff like that yeah have you seen the um the film that c is bringing out i thought that's what your article i think that might have been what it was referencing yeah yeah i've just i've heard the furore about that but i don't i don't actually know what the script is is it what she just cast somebody with so she cast like an able-bodied um dancer slash actor who she was worked with with all her music videos so that was her reasoning behind it as a non-verbal autistic person and but very severe I would say and like the acting in it is very it was like I don't know it was like a struggle to watch the music video and I think because you knew she was putting it on like Mm. I don't know what the take would be on somebody who's from like maybe like a background with autism what they would have to say about it but for Mm -hmm. me anyway I was like that this is inappropriate on too many levels to have got this far and there was an interview with Sia where someone was talking about non-verbal autistic people and the interviewer said I mean they may as well be an inanimate object like a wig in a room and Sia agreed well yeah we can she's she's not a friend of this podcast now but like that's like if you think about like little britain you stuff characters like that and like oh, well like it, it, you used to like a lot of things we talk about on on wink it's like you could have got away with it 10 15 20 years ago but not anymore like people are rising up to it i tried to i sat and tried to watch little britain a few years ago at uni i was like this is not even funny it's just like really cringy it was it wasn't even like i wasn't even like being sanctimonious and righteous about it being like that, that's a disgrace i was just like this is just difficult to watch like i just yeah. know my heart and hearts that that's just wrong i've Somebody... never seen a single episode a little britain just why so out myself here maybe i've always been righteous You've always, you were woke right before, before it woke <laughs> i don't know that's what i see but i've never <laughs> ever watched it i just was like do you know what? I can I can always remember I can remember parts of it, but I don't think I wasn't ever you know a fan of anything. Not not but not because I was I was I watched it and thought that it was bad. I just can't really remember. Yeah, because well, like it. there is a character in Little Britain who is in a wheelchair, has a disability, but the joke is that every time his carer turns his back, he's like up out of his wheelchair and like 
climbing trees and going down yeah. slides and all this kind of and stuff. Then, like, this is in keeping with the theme tonight of like mm-hmm. disability. But disability. then it's like, where do you think people get these ideas of disabled people as like fakers? The it's things like this, and it may have been a joke, but it's still like disabled people aren't the butt of the joke. There is yeah. poor souls that are in wheelchairs that don't go up and climb out of trees and all that, and then they're causing Matt Lucas and his pal, they're getting accosted. I wanted to quickly ask you, Chloe, um, or to, to briefly talk about it, if you want to talk about it, um, as, like a, as like an artist and a designer, mm-hmm. how things have maybe, or how your kind of craft things has changed for you um, over the last couple of years. I remember stuff from me in the past that was really cool and, and I remember one thing you did was like a was like a shirt or like a jacket or something that had like magnetic buttons and I just like for people with um, mobility or joint issues and I just wanted to ask what your experience of, of that industry because it's such a manual or it can be such a manual job like what is that like? It's hard. It's hard. I remember when I, so I got rheumatoid arthritis when I was in my final year at university studying textiles and like because I was so busy with that and anybody that's been to art school will tell you like that final year like I know this goes across all the unis and all whatever you study but your final year at art school is like the most manic year of your life and I remember after it I went down to London Fashion Week to just go to some shows and I was talking to this girl about how I maybe was interested in styling and I had some wrist straps on at the time because I was having a bit of a flare up. And she was like, oh, have you broke your wrist? And I was like, no, I've got rheumatoid arthritis. And she was like, good luck, because nobody is going to give you a job if you have got a disability. I think, I don't want to speak for all disabled designers out there, but it definitely is a bit scary knowing that you have this condition that is going to hold you back. And I think a lot of companies think, they try to pretend that they're for everybody but they're not. Like, they'll always find a way out of not employing you. It'll always be, oh, there was just someone else for the for the job that fitted the role more, but that's not the case. And, like, you know that in your heart of hearts because the attitude changed. Yeah. I, I think the sad... Sorry, I was going to say, I think the sad reality is that that is the case across so many industries for disabled people. Um, there's a lot of, like, you know, scheme I don't know what you call them like like schemes to employ you know diverse range of people but if you look at those schemes as well a lot of them they pay a lot less than you know their regular quote mark like employees yeah it's, it's a bit like I know that some companies do like for diversity purposes like internally ask like you know because I've seen forms before is like sexuality um gender um, orientation, all this kind of thing, disability as well. I very often just withhold that information because I'm like, well, I know that this is technically for diversity, and I know that this doesn't really shouldn't impact on like any decision making about job. But fundamentally, it's just like none of your business. None of your business, yeah. <laughs> it like, does affect. They can kid on to the cows come home that it doesn't affect, but it definitely yeah. does. Like even subcon, even sub on a subconscious level. Yeah. I'm in a bit of a disabled privilege, if you will, because visibly, if you look at me, say if I was doing a Zoom interview, I appear completely Mm able-bodied for the most part. 
um, if it, especially if I'm not having a flare up. So I can almost like, I say this sarcastic, like get away with it so that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I, I'm aware of. Like I have this power to be like not declaring it until I've got the job. See if you can do the job as well. I don't get why it should matter. And I know, it, like you say, it's for diversity quotas, but it doesn't matter if I'm disabled, if I'm gay, whatever. If I can do the job and I'm not hurting anybody, then it's nobody's business. Exactly. Here, here. Mic drop. Yep. And on that note, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, couldn't couldn't have put it better. Any other questions for your disabled pal whilst you've got the floor? Joseph, do you want to try and put it better? Usually you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said it. Do you want to explain that for me? Yeah. (laughs) Now, what I've interpreted that as meaning is that... I think this podcast needs a white male influence. No, that was really interesting. Thanks for um, thanks for talking so openly about it. Does that I think does that wrap us up? I think so. Yeah. Thank well, you guys for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on, our, our inaugural guest on on the What Is Now podcast. Can't believe this. The one and only. We are, we, are, we are very selective we are very selective about who we invite on the podcast <laughs> I, I watch this space next week it'll be bloody Bethany's left toe <laughs> I'd listen <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's been a pleasure thanks for thanks for coming on and speaking to us thanks for humouring us in our quest <laughs> for viral fame with the podcast if you enjoyed listening to us, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Acast, whatever you normally get your podcast from. You can email us with any submissions or any Karenisms or any funny stories. We're not fussy. You can send them into whatisanowkaren at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram. That's where we do most of our posting and socializing. So that's whatisanowkaren. And you can message us there as well. Chloe, you're also like a, a bit of a, a, a mini blogger, shall we say? Hashtag do you influencer. Want to plug, do you want to plug, your, plug your stuff? Um, no. She's a secret. <laughs> no, if you want to follow me to listen to me rant about disability, etc., etc., it's at high underscore Baird. Groovy. Very. It's a lot, it's a lot of good content, Andrew. Bethany, you got anything you want to plug? You got any um, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll see you in a week ish. <laughs> bye. Do I need to say bye? No. If you want. <laughs> if you want, you say whatever you want. F- off. <laughs> <laughs> bye. See ya, bye. Oh God, we're doing a podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.